All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm excited to have April, who's here to be our speaker this week, sharing some really interesting information about uh, human design and gene keys, which is um, related to human design. We've talked about it here in our group before. Um, I love that um, April has combined these two, and um, she's just amazing in the knowledge that she has about human design. She, like me, has been in the rabbit hole for a while now. And uh, I met April when we connected for uh, the book that I was producing um, on human design. And April said, yes, she's a manifester. So she said yes and was ready to help this book manifest. Um, So I'm so grateful you're here, Um, April. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and um, your your profile and such too, because I don't think I know that. Well, thank you so much for having me today, Christy. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I'm a human design specialist, a gene keys guide, a consultant, a shadow worker, author, researcher, and I like to call myself a lifelong student because I've got an open ajna. So as new information comes, things change for me. So um, I'm a manifester. I'm a 3-5 profile. Uh, My, uh, my, uh, I am of the right angle cross of um, the four ways. So (laughs) Um, and I'm a very open design. I have like only three centers to find my ego, which is my authority uh, or heart. Some like to call it um, my throat and my G center. And that's it. So I'm taking in a lot from the world and uh, it's exciting. Like I said, I never really stick with things for very long. And <laughs> I kind of explore them and I take what works and I, you know, leave the rest, you know, the, the old saying, eat the meat and leave the bones. Or if you're a vegetarian or vegan, you know, eat the fruit and leave the, leave the seeds. That's kind of how I, I do life. So I'm really excited to be here today and share this with you. Awesome. I could probably go on and on about your human design experience and manifesting and all of that. But today we're going to talk about... Um, and certainly feel free to add that in, but we're going to talk about um, sort of the, where we're, what are we doing? Where are we evolving to? What's all, what's going on in the world? And so um, go ahead and take it away and um, we can save questions for, for the uh, later. And also um, uh, we'll get more information about how to contact you at the end. So go ahead. Thanks so much. April. Thanks again. Um, so I just want to preface this by saying that it's, you know, we're li- I'm doing a comparison. And so the way these two men viewed what's coming in 2027 is a little bit different, but also similar. Um, so bear with me. Some of it initially might sound a little bit dystopian, but you have to keep in mind this was in 1987 when Ra received this download. And um, it had to have been a lot uh, at that time for him to, to take in. So he has his own way of looking at it. So I'm going to explore both of them and just remain objective, you know, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. So as you know, human design is a logical system that um, provides practical tools for self-discovery and correct decision-making. Our decisions are critical, setting us up on a particular trajectory, ultimately making up the sum total of our lives. We are conditioned from the time of birth. I think you all would agree that, (laughs) agree about that, via our families, culture, religion, society, government, media, and big business. This conditioning moves us further and further away from whom we authentically are. The point of human design is to decondition and return to our factory settings, as I like to say. 
In other words, become us once again and live as us. Human design, as you probably know, is a channeled system um, by a man by the name of Ra Uruhu. It is both esoteric and scientific in nature. It draws primarily from the systems of the I Ching, Kabbalah, astrology, and the Hindu Brahman chakra system and quantum physics. In the original text, it is made clear that human design is not intended to be a belief system, but rather a tool to understand how we function differently and need different conditions to thrive. While Ra Uruhu was on the island of Ibiza, or Ibiza, uh, from January 3rd to the 11th um, in 1987, he had a mystical experience, which he described as receiving this information from what he called the voice. You know, you can go to YouTube and watch the whole story as he tells it, if you'd like. <laughs> he was a good storyteller. The voice told him about the human design system and the changes that await humanity in 2027. Today, I'll provide a brief overview of what he called the great mutation and compare that information with what is called the great change, which was channeled by a man uh, named Richard Rudd. Richard Rudd is the founder and uh, channel of a system called the Gene Keys. The Gene Keys are a living wisdom. These are teachings to imbibe, contemplate, and apply in your daily life. As you allow them to percolate inside you, one by one, your troubles will begin to fall away and you will find yourself inhabiting a new and brighter life. Personally, I refer to it as the most gentle and user-friendly form of shadow integration work I have ever worked with, and I have worked with many. The Gene Keys owes much of its, uh, owes much to the human design system, which was again, uh, transmitted by Ra Uruhu. Richard Rudd was a senior teacher of human design who brought the system to the UK and set up a school training many students. Richard Rudd is a teacher, a mystic and award-winning poet. Uh, his inner journey began early in life when he experienced strange energies rushing throughout his body, called cultivating in a major spiritual experience at the age of 29, emerging from what he calls the a field of limitless light that lasted three days and three nights. Richard was entrusted with a sacred teaching, the wisdom of the Gene Keys. In 2019, Richard was named on the Watkins list of the most 100 most spiritually influential living people. Today, I'll be sharing a brief overview of what Richard calls the great change and comparing it with the great mutation. Let's see. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into that. So we're going to go to slide two. So the law of vibration states that anything that exists in our universe, whether seen or unseen, consists of pure energy or light and exists as a vibrational frequency or pattern. Even things that appear solid, like the chair you're sitting on, are in fact made up of particles that are vibrating against an against the other, causing resistance and making it impossible to pass through each other. Your chair is pulsating with energy, as is every single other solid appearing item that you can see or touch as you look around you right now. Even the colors you perceive are a vibration of a particular frequency, and the sound is nothing more than vibrations that your brain has translated to make sense of it. Just like the law of gravity, you don't have to physically see or understand the law of vibration to trust that it's there and doing its thing. Bear with me here. <laughs> so um, let's talk about breaking patterns. 
When we break patterns, new worlds are formed. In a sense, one can say that we are building an informed field by virtue of what we believe to be true. We have the capacity to interpret patterns by changing what we believe about our reality. So I really want to start out with just giving you a sense of empowerment around that. I feel like that's really important uh, because so much sometimes of uh, what we read or hear disempowers us, but we really do have some agency. Okay, so there are six possible ways, and I hope you can see this to view this information. So I really want you to kind of think about how you'd like to look at it. Prophecy. Sometimes it's called prophecy. I've heard Richard even say that. And that's a prediction of the future made under divine inspiration, something that was given to you by God's source or whatever you would call divinity. Prognostication. It's the act. Hold on. I'm trying to keep up. I had to do cards <laughs> because um, I can't see the presenter's notes through this. Um, so prognostication is the act of prognosticating, foretelling, or foreshadowing events by signs, a presage, or a prediction. That's what weather is. So like astrological conditions, weather, the stark market, the health, we can prognosticate and say, you know, the conditions are right for this thing to occur. Uh, but it's more prognostication is not as certain because uh, that could change. The weather changes all the time. Sometimes it'll say it's going to rain for three days and it only rains for one day or, you know, or that we're going to have clear skies and all of a sudden you're in the middle of a shower. So that's one way to view this information as a prognostication. Hypothesis. Hypothesis is a tentative explanation for an observation, phenomena, or scientific problem that can be tested by further investigation. So we can look at it like it's a hypothesis. Uh, there's you know, there's an idea that this might be true. We can look at the signs and say, okay, I, I hypothesize that this is true. So that's another way of looking at it. Theory. So this is a little bit of a stronger statement. Um, a set of statements or principles devised to explain a group of facts or phenomena, especially one that has been repeatedly tested or is widely accepted and can be used to make predictions about natural phenomena. So one more lens. Or you can just say, it's a fact, Jack. It's true. I buy it, hook, on, and sinker. And I will tell you that I never do this. <laughs> it's okay if people do, but I, I just don't. So nothing to me is really a fact, Jack. <laughs> so. Or you can just dismiss it altogether, and that's fine too. So that gives you a few ways to look at this information as we go forward. Well, let me catch up with myself. Okay. All right. Okay, so both systems, as you might know, integrate ancient and modern sciences, the I Ching, astrology, Kabbalah, the Hindu Brahman chakra system, quantum physics, and genetics. Um, an epoch is 400 years long, and I, these this is very tiny writing, but we find ourselves here between 1615 and 2026. And these last, these cycles last 400 years. And you can see that we are moving into this one right here, the cross of the sleeping Phoenix. So I'm going to hopefully be able to see this. So the cross of the sleeping Phoenix comes, will arrive in 2027. Um, 
So a mutation or evolution is constant. Um, and that's what Ra was talking about. So he basically said, we can look at a mutation that took place in 1615, uh, where we went from what he said was seven centers to nine center beings. And then of course, then the projector type showed up as well. And incidentally, Uranus was discovered in 1781 by astronomer William Herschel. Um, and the beginning of the cross of planning was here, 1615. So we were well into the cross of planning when this mutation occurred. Uh, for most of this, this means a change in the sequence of DNA, the hereditary material of life. An organism's DNA affects how it looks, how it behaves, its physiology, all aspects of life. There are incidentally 64 hexagrams in the I Ching and 64 DNA codons. So that's important to, to think about. So as these things shift, we are literally shifting in our DNA. So the, the beginning of the sleeping phoenix, and I don't know if you can see it because I think we're all kind of covering up here. Maybe I can move you around, uh, begins in 2027. All right. So characteristics of the cross of planning. Um, as you can see, it's it was about detailed and homogenized leadership. I mean, we definitely see that in our world. We see the same story over and over again, the same people doing the leading and the same people doing the following. Um, it was power seeking. Um, so we definitely see that in our world today, a lot of uh, power grabs, that being you know, what they're seeking. It's money, but also power and power comes from money. We have uh, the growth of industry and population. Never ever have we had in the last hundred years such a period of, uh, of industrial advancement. It's unbelievable. If you really look at it, it makes your head spin. So it's really ramped up in the last hundred years. Uh, we also have friendship, family, and the educational system. So the educational system was born out of this cross of planning. It also gives us dedication uh, to work and to find provision uh, in different kinds of communal structures. I mean, you can think of communal structures, clubs, um, you know, churches, um, you know, structures that kind of do life together. All sorts of institutions, our educational institution, our medical institution, our agricultural institution, uh, and on and on. Um, tribal laws, you know, there are tribal laws. We we don't call them that today, but there certainly are. There are ways you're supposed to behave, things you're supposed to do, things you're not supposed to do, ways you're not supposed to behave. Uh, and then we have migration, which is kind of unique uh, as well, because before 1615, people, you know, and for some time after, people didn't really ever leave uh, their cities or origin or birth, like they would never think about it. But, you know, uh, they, look at us today, we have airplanes, you know, you can be in, in Europe in six hours, you know, you can be in California in four, you know, you can get to places that it would literally would be unheard of people doing. I mean, people migrated, but generally it was met with a lot of trepidation and, and not everybody survived the trip. And uh, it's very different today. And of course, it's, there's a lot of conquering going on still right now today uh, where, you know, governments go in and they, you know, they take over uh, because that country contains interests or, or you know, uh, things that they would like to get a hold of. So that's still a thing. Um, and um, so that the conquering is kind of what causes the migration. So you see this a lot with refugees uh, having to flee 
their homelands because of, of this mentality. So there's been a lot of good things about the cross of planning, but there's also a lot of things that I think are very outdated and, and will be will be mutating out of. April, I have a quick question. Absolutely. Um, just that this list of the traits of the cross of planning, the period we've been in, I have heard of it. Uh, was this looking back? Like now we're going to talk about looking forward and different qualities. So I'm just curious if this was pre, like you said, uh, premonition or foretelling or what was, was this specifically just this list coming up with when we look back versus um, it's both yeah. it, because we're still in it for another couple of years. Like we're still experiencing a lot of this. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of both. It's not like from a historical, historical point of view, if you're a historian, it's not really hard to piece this together. Um, but it's kind of like being in a fishbowl and asking the fish, what is water? You know what I mean? Cause we're kind of still like floating around in it. We're becoming aware. I feel like awareness is growing that some of these, um, these things, the ways we've, we've operated as a culture, um, are outdated and we're, we've evolved out of, I think that awareness is growing for sure. Uh, but for a lot of people, they're the fish in the water and they don't know how to tell you what water is because they're in it. Uh, but I think especially the events of the last three years have brought a lot of this to the surface and people are starting to really wake up. But this has been our history. And, you know, uh, Ra talked a lot about it. Um, I think any good historian would probably recognize a lot of this. Um but, but I don't know that we would have 10, 20 years ago. I think we thought everything was as it should be, you know, because we were conditioned to believe that it, things are as they should be. And, uh, you know, that uncomfortableness of, you know, it's like when you were, say you were in kindergarten, uh, or no, you're, you're in second grade, but you're looking at the kindergartners and you're like, how could they be so foolish to not know how to read? You know what I mean? Um, it's not their it's no one's fault that they operated in these ways. It's just, that's what they know. Uh, integral theory uh, is interesting, by the way, if you ever want to look at a philosophy that kind of encapsulates a lot of this, it's about um, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's about um, integrating what has worked and what is good and transcending the things that have not. And uh, so this is kind of a mixed list. I mean, there's a lot of good things about friendship and family, there's a good thing that it's good that we educate our children, um, but there's other things that have some real negative uh, or what we would perceive now coming into this awareness is not not skillful. Um, does that answer? Okay, good. All right. So um, the cross of the sleeping phoenix is what we're coming into in 2027. And it's about cultivating internal power first as a strong, solid foundation for external power. In other words, empowerment. It's about embracing darkness, feminine and masculine. In other words, embracing the shadow elements that are there, um, not to really transcend them. Uh, it's, it's really tied into nature. It's about us getting more attuned to the fact that we are nature and we are part of nature. Uh, it is very much about individuality and authenticity. And I, I really feel like, you know, all what you are all doing is contributing to that because you have that awareness first for yourself and now you're 
you're helping people wake up to they they do have guidance from within. They do have a way to become empowered in their own lives. And and I feel like that's we're getting kind of a little bit of a preview of what we're going into on more of a collective scale, which is exciting. Um, it's also about the sovereign right to consciousness. It's about the solar plexus as a brain. So, you know, our awareness has primarily been splenic, which has been about survival. And we're moving into more of an emotional awareness coming from the solar plexus. It's about your intuition. It's about the internal monarchy that's within you. You know, uh, rather than looking outside of yourself for, you know, direction and guidance, it's going to be about looking within. It's about self-governance you know, what is correct for you. It's about being self-sufficient in all areas of your life, not trading your power for, uh, you know, giving it away to someone else. And then we'll talk a little bit about rave children. And I've got to find my card on that because it's a lot. Um, Rave children had some characteristics that were... I don't, I wouldn't really say that they were, they would be seen positive during that time frame. I think the way he saw it was a little bit disturbing, but again, put yourself in your, in his shoes. It's 1987 and all this is kind of thrown on you. Um, he said that they will display external emotionlessness. So they won't, they will be kind of have a sense of detachment from other people kind of fine in their own or in their own aura. Uh, they, he said also, he believed they would be vegetarian, that they would not eat meat. He believed also that they would have hypersensitive skin, really sensitive skin, very sensitive to their environment. They would have some issues with speech. They would have some difficulties with, with communication. Uh, but uh, Richard has a, a better take on that. And we'll talk about that later. Their eyesight would not be, um, they would have poor eyesight. They would have, they would not be seeking after knowledge to the degree that we have seen in this last epoch. Um, and there would be differences in the body graph, what those are going to be. We don't know. Um, but in order, um, for the mutation to occur, they must be combined into groups with each other. Uh, groups of three to five raves will help them merge into one consciousness. They'll have kind of a one consciousness. And I'm talking about the children, that will be born during this coming epoch. Uh, But they will have communication skills that will not be as verbal as ours and maybe even more telepathic. I don't really know. Um, When we see these things, you know, we will know that that's, that's what's occurred. There's been a mutation. Mutation is not unnatural. It's, it's been, it goes on constantly. Uh, It's usually pretty slow. And I think it has been slow in this epoch. I think we're where even our DNA is kind of shifting, um, but it's it's not really noticeable. But it will. I'm thinking it's going to be very much noticeable in the coming epoch. So that's about the rave children. And again, you know, I'm not sure what I think about all that. I just present it so you're aware of of what he said. So let me go ahead. He has some words. So I'm going to share this little YouTube video with you about the upcoming shift. And he is, when he speaks, he is a little bit dramatic and, um, you know, a bit dystopian, but 
just hang with me. We're getting to the good stuff. So, Look at the world around you now. Changes in play. Look at the financial institutions of the world as they totter. Look at our inability, regardless of our goodwill, to be able to deal with some of the most fundamental problems in the world. Disease, poverty. That the institutions that we dreamt would be the answer are institutions that simply cannot work. They do not. You know, there was this condemnation that ended up in the popular press about the me generation. And the problems of the me generation. Well, I am the I generation. You see, human design is not here for now. It's here for that tomorrow that's coming closer day by day by day. We are not going to have the support systems. Our children are not going to have the support systems that have been there for us and our ancestors. Oh, they won't crumble away instantaneously. They won't. Nothing does. This is evolution. These cycles have been going on for 19,000 years. They'll keep on going on till the end. But for us, in our certainty and comfort about the nature of the world that we're living in, in which there is assumption that there's nothing new under the sun, I want to tell you the rock is going to move. And you have to be able to live in that world. See, we're living in the remnants of the seven-centered world. Where you gave your authority to everything else and it was perfect during the cross of planning because the authority made a bargain with you and it said with you, look, you trust me, I'll look after you. Don't all our politicians tell us that movie. You trust us, we'll look after you. Well and good, so far. But you see, it's coming to an end. We're entering into an era where you say, who's going to look after me? And nobody answers. There is no one to give your authority to. Because nobody wants it. Nobody wants to be responsible for you. They got to take care of themselves. The interest is no more in the detail. It's no more in the talent and wonder of opening up all of these things. It's about survival. How do you survive when there is no conditioning authority to control you? To give you a sense of security, well-being. You follow your strategy and authority. What do you think I was going to say? This is the magic of the knowledge. It's what it's here for. <laughs> that was raw. <laughs> so um, I feel like, yes, he's correct. We are going to be self-empowered and help other people become powered. So when he said no one's coming to help you, I think he's wrong there. We're on, we're helping. And uh, that's what we're about here. But but he's right. I think a lot of our structures are, um, you know, we're watching them kind of come apart and uh, it's as it should be. 
And what's going to come from this, I think, will be something beautiful. And that is people that really know how to hear their own inner authority, know how to be led by what's inside them. So on to uh, the great change. So the great change is a phase of evolution in which all systems within our universe will make a quantum leap into a higher dimension. I feel like that is definitely happening. It refers to a specific time period in which human awareness is moving from being self-centered to being collective. In order for this shift to take place, a worldwide genetic mutation is underway within the human species. This is an unprecedented event taking root within humanity between the years of 1987 and 2027. Its repercussions will continue to evolve and transform our species for many hundreds of years. The result of the great change will be the gradual dawning of a new kind of human, homo sanctus, the sanctified human, the sacred human. Because all systems and species throughout the universe are holographically interconnected, the great change is not local to our solar system, but is one part of a vast ripple passing throughout the immensity of space-time. So in 1987, we had what was called the harmonic con convergence. Does anybody, have you ever heard of the harmonic convergence? Okay. So this was a very big deal. In 1987, I was only 18 years old and I knew nothing about nothing. And so I had never even heard about this, uh, but it took place in, uh, between August 16th and the, 7th, and the 17th in 1987. It closely uh, coincided with an exceptional alignment of the planets in the solar system. Harmonic convergence uh, celebrations took place at 200 sites in the United States, most notably at Mount Shasta, Central Park, Chaco Canyon, and Sedona, Arizona. 50 other celebrations occurred at sites worldwide, including Ayers Rock, Mount Fuji, Stonehenge, and the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Participants danced, drummed, chanted and meditated together with celebrities including Shirley MacLaine, John Denver, and Timothy Leary taking play or taking part in these celebrations. Pretty wild that I never heard about that. So this was when right here, when the harmonic harmonic convergence occurred. Then we had what's called the melodic uh, resonance, and that occurred in 2012. I think you might have heard about the Mayan calendar and all that stuff that was going on and um, but it wasn't really about that. 2012 marks the alignment of humanity as a single organism through the breath and reawakened awareness of the solar plexus center. This is when this happened. 2012 also marks a dividing line in human evolution. Much of the current human DNA must be phased out in order for a new form to be constructed. Therefore, over several generations, we will see a great number of old patterns leaving the world. We're seeing it now. For some considerable time, this means that we may have the appearance of two separate realities existing simultaneously. You feel that? I mean, it does seem like some people are in one reality and you're over here in this reality and you don't speak the language and it's, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. Those who are still living within the old system and those who are building a new order. The rhythmic uh, symphony will occur in 2027. Okay. Right here. Beginning in the year 2027, our planet will begin a gradual process of falling silent into a state of awe. 
between 2012 and 2027, a core awakening fractal of humanity will lay the foundations of a new world that will reshape this planet from the inside out. That's what you're doing. Old systems will crumble as the new order arises unscathed within their midst. This time will mark a phase of recreating Eden. Uh, which never left this planet, but remained as an energetic blueprint. Harmony and melody will be synthesized here into a divine universal rhythm. For the first time, humanity will hear and be the virtuoso soloist in the great sympathy of the spheres. So that is the threefold awakening sequence. So we're going to listen to Richard Rudd. We need to give him the floor for a few moments. So I'm going to go ahead and play this for you. From the glossary. The great change. A phase of evolution in which all systems within our universe will make a quantum leap into a higher dimension. The great change refers to a specific time period in which human awareness is moving from being self-centered to being collective. In order for this shift to take place, a worldwide genetic mutation is underway within the human species. This unprecedented event is taking root within humanity between the years 1987 and 2027. And its repercussions will continue to evolve and transform our species for many hundreds of years. The result of the great change will be the gradual dawning of a new kind of human, Homo Sanctus, the sacred human. Because all systems and species throughout the universe are holographically interconnected, the great change is not local to our solar system alone, but is one part of a vast ripple passing throughout the immensity of space-time. The prophetic one. The great change. We sometimes can't quite believe that when we look at the world around us and the outside and we see the headlines and the news and we see, you know, it feels like two steps backward and one step forward as opposed to the other around. Sometimes. When we look within, though, Sometimes we feel different. You know, the great change is a time period within evolution where some kind of a shift is occurring. And it's not, you know, it's within those dates, we said, but that's just where something takes root. You know, right in, in it now. And yet that continues, that will continue to grow and grow and become more and more evident and more and more apparent over the centuries and the millennia that follow. And you can't see things easily when they're that tiny. And you have to sense them. Because it's tiny, it's like a tiny, tiny little seed, like a tiny baby, tiny, microscopic. But that's where it begins. You know, the root of collective intelligence 
why do you think the internet has appeared within those years, mm. within that time span? The root of collective intelligence. You know, and we'll come to a point in the great change where we realize that we are the technology. We are the technology. And then our technology will just drop away. Because it will take us to that point. It will take us to the point of realization that we are the technology. We need the technology to take us to that point so that we can drop it. Like any good system, we then let it go because it's taken us there. It's an evolutionary component, essential to help us relax, to help us open, to help us connect, to help us communicate, to help us become prosperous, to help us finish with our external seeking and yearning and grasping. And then we can turn within. And as we turn within, that's when the realization dawns. More of us will find the inner light and transmit it and radiate it. Live it. Really live it. Not just say it. Live it. And that's the great change we're in now. The turning. I invite you to contemplate the great change. It's a, it's, a, yeah, it's a huge thing to take inside you and to contemplate that tiny seed that you contain deep down in your solar plexus. The change to the species, the mutation, is taking place in the solar plexus center. That's where it has its root. That's where everything has to change from, because that's the root. And we have to change from the root. That's where the baby is. And it will change us completely. But it'll take you know thousands of years. And uh, this this collective intelligence to start coming in. We're coming gradually. So that was Richard, as you can tell, he's very poetic. <laughs> he's a very nice man. Um, so the great change, I'm going to have to move us <laughs> so I can read this. Uh, it's a phase of evolution in which all systems within our universe will make a quantum leap into higher dimensions. Human awareness will move from being self-centered to collective. For this change to take place, a genetic mutation is underway occurring between the years of 1987 and 2027. We will continue to evolve and transform for many hundreds of years and eventually become Homo Sanctus, the sacred human. This is not local to our uh, solar system and it will impact all space time. So I'm going to move you again. <laughs> Here we go. So the ending of the epoch, what does that look like? And uh, we've seen this. Uh, we have, you know, the six lines in when you look at the hexagram. Um, starting from the bottom, collectively, the individual self-destructs, line one. Line two, the partnership dissolves. Line three, the unit splits apart. Line four, the network crashes. Line five, the society crumbles. 
in line six, the system fits. You know, if you've ever cleaned out your pantry, you know, you have to pull everything out. My husband will walk in sometimes and he'll be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? It looks like a disaster here, but it's kind of necessary for something new to come in. So I believe this is kind of what we're seeing in live, live time right now. Um, but here's the good news. The birth of a new epoch. Yay. <laughs> Line one, the individual empowers you. Line two, the partnership nourishes you. Line three, the unit strengthens you. Line four, the network supports you. Line five, the society frees you. Line six, the system cherishes you. This is where we're going. It's beautiful. So I'm going to scoot you over here again. <laughs> so we have the uh, the two keys, if you really want to research this to look into, are the 55th and the 22nd uh, in the Gene Keys book. And it goes into this in great detail. And I won't sit here and pretend to say that I understand all of it because I'm just another fish in the fishbowl like everybody else. I see some things, but I don't, but, you know, and it's very evident and other things haven't really quite happened yet. Because remember, this is all happening now. The 55th, 55th gene key describes an evolutionary force moving from matter to spirit. The 22nd gene key describes the evolutionary force moving from spirit to matter. Together, these two gene keys capture the manifestation of the great change. Probable outcome. We're moving again. We will phase out of the age of I and move into the era of we, the collective I. We will shift from victimization to freedom. Higher consciousness will be seen as a normal state. Uh, fear will subside, including the fear of death. There will be no need for systems or structures for us to feel safe. Probable physical and dietary changes will occur due to the mutation of the solar plexus. And of course, there'll be environmental changes. Additional things we will likely notice, a decrease in human population, we're seeing this now. A lot of people are choosing not to have children. Um, and if they are having children, they're having smaller families. Our population has been steadily declining in that way. Uh, for a time, it'll appear again. I'll just reiterate this, like there are two realities, because I feel like that's important uh, to not feel like you're going crazy because other people can't understand you. Uh, there really are two realities right now. Uh, the end of the fear of death, the end of money won't be needed. Disease will be eradicated. Uh, the end of the need for intellectual understanding and our educational methods, the way we educate our children is going to be very different. It's going to be much more aligned with nature. Your toolbox moving into a new era. So number one, imagination. We just do not understand how powerful your imagination is, or maybe you do. Um, but we need to start seeing and feeling the world we would like for ourselves and our loved ones and our descendants. We can, by virtue of envisioning these things, help bring this forth. Intuition, embodied intelligence, we all have it. It does not reside between your ears. As human design has taught us, it resides in your authority. So get familiar with your strategy and authority. Empathy. The ability to identify with or understand another's situations or feelings with an open heart. This is going to be very crucial. We need to really be able to 
open ourselves to others and to their suffering and uh, love them where they're at, even if they're not where we would like them to be. And that's not an easy task. Understand how your unique energy pattern functions and is navigated skillfully in the world and in relationships with others. You know, understand how you communicate, how others communicate. You know, my husband's a generator. I'm a manifester. We have two very different communication styles. We've learned one another. I learned I don't I don't ask open-ended questions, you know, and he's learned that he does not tell me what to do. <laughs> so, um, you know, learn how other people function. Um, shadow work, I believe is very crucial. Uh, it's not, a lot of people have a lot of erroneous ideas about what that is, but what it is, is it's utilizing a method of identifying archetypal patterns that block the natural manifestation of your genius. And we do this with a focus on deep self-love, gentleness, patience, and self-acceptance. This is really important because to help others, we have to, we have to gently confront our own shadows uh, in a way that helps them to transcend into their higher expression. Moving you again. <laughs> so this is me, um, my contact information, uh, phone number and website and email. Um, so if you'd like to get a hold of me, you know, just reach out. Um, and then I need to move you up. <laughs> so some references. Um, the Gene Keys Embracing, Embracing Your Higher Purpose, super thick book. Don't try to read it like you would a book. <laughs> uh, read what you feel called to read. Uh, it's very, it's, it's an incredible download. Um, and then of course the definitive book of human design, which reads like an encyclopedia, uh, the science of differentiation, I highly recommend. And then the seven sacred seals, which goes into this a little bit more. And most importantly, your own divine intuition. Uh, what do you feel about this information? How does it sit with you? How can you uh, be part of uh, bringing this shift, you know, midwifing what's ahead? Because I think that's what we all are. We're midwives in this, in this beautiful birth that's occurring. So we can go ahead and, and ask questions. And if I have answers, I'll, I'll answer them. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for hearing me today. Thank you, April. This has been amazing. Um, yeah. And if you, if you're done with your slides, we can stop sharing and thank you. Yeah. Come back to this. Um, yeah. and, uh, I can also stop the recording and uh, we could just have some discussion and just want to thank you again, April. I, I highly recommend people do reach out to you if, um, this presentation is amazing. I think you should, you should be spreading this out to others as well. So thank you, thank you so much. I'm going to stop the recording now.